Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrel pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Man. And that's remarkable. Alex, it's a monsoon in Los Angeles. No free agents have signed. Baseball is dying, but our man Ross Stripling has figured out a better career path moving forward. What is Ross Stripling doing with his free time? My man's Ross Stripling, pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers and noted lover of chicken strips, is doing the, yeah, right, is doing, I guess, the most on brand thing for like a, for like a white dude who plays baseball to do in the offseason, which is go on the Fox Business Network and talk stock tips. <laughs> so there's Ross Stripling was a week ago talking about how the economy's growing and uh, and the rate hikes and you know all the the market stuff. I know I know what the economy is. It's you know it's the money that goes around. <laughs> it's the money that gets passed back and forth for other money. Yeah. Which conveniently and, doesn't happen in baseball, so Ross Stripling <laughs> knows all about it. Damn, Vern. Uh, he he actually, I guess he apparently knows what he's talking about because he went on and said some words that I'm going to repeat here in hopes that someone else knows what they mean. Uh, he said it was optimistic coming out and saying that our economy is growing, spending is strong, and they're going to be patient with the rate hikes. October, November, and December were certainly ugly for me as a growth investor. <laughs> that got out of hand. I definitely think we got oversold. I'm telling investors it's a good time to be patient and be long-term He's telling minded. investors? Wait. So Rewind. Does Ross Stripling have like some kind of private equity firm that we don't know about? I, that would not surprise me. Ross. He's telling investors. What investors are asking him? They're like, you know... I would go to Goldman Sachs or I would go to JP Morgan and have investment advice, but instead I'm going to go to Stripling Investments because he has nothing better to do with his time than watch rate hikes and buybacks <laughs> and shit. Uh, so uh, I guess this is not the first time that he's done this either. He did this, this, oh wow, there's a lot going on here on this YouTube page. Um, so published on <laughs> September 11th, uh, of 2018, he uh, he went on Fox Business again and talked his investing strategy. And the person who opens up this clip is like George Brett interviewing an army person. I don't know. There's a lot to unpack here. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Ross Stripling is a apparently a legitimate stockbroker, and uh, and he talked about you know the National Guard troops and, and the 9-11 anniversary and the impact of, of trade tensions on the Wait, stock what? market. <laughs> I, I don't even know, man. I'm, I'm very lost right now. My question is, if you're an investor, you know how they have like baseball players in commercials and they endorse products and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, it's because my friend, the baseball player, likes this product. I'll like this product, right? That's the whole idea behind advertising uh the one thing that i would not want to trust my baseball players with is like my straight up cash money like <laughs> just because ross stripling is a baseball player that would make me trust him to be my financial investor less 
Yeah, but apparently there are other baseball players in the room who turn to him and they're like, Ross, my guy, what do you got for me? He's like a straight up licensed stockbroker and everything. He like went to school for this shit. Interesting. So yeah. how much longer is he going to be a pitcher? Because clearly it's not more lucrative than ripping money off from poor people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently. Uh, I mean, the funny thing about all of this is like, you know, we we roast Trevor Bauer for uh, for all his dumb shit that he talks about on Twitter. But like Ross Stripling is just like the the button up version of this guy. Like like same probably the same underlying ideology right there, but showcases in it a in a much yeah. different way. Yeah, the like MAGA ideology. Although like Trevor Bauer is just like a moron though. Ross Stripling yeah. is like <laughs> he's an at idiot. least <laughs> he's like legitimately dumb. Like he's like one of those like <laughs> He's like free your mind MAGA. Like <laughs> he's like on Reddit, like posting yeah. Kermit the Frog memes still. Yeah, talking about <laughs> like, QAnon and how they're gonna <laughs> uncover the. the, the. <laughs> Ross Stripling is actually out here. He's like, um, I went to Harvard Business School or some shit. Yeah, no, he's a he's a fiscal conservative but uh, social liberal. Nice. Got him. Okay, yeah. this was a long way of saying that baseball has been slow this off season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to get into that in a little bit. But first, I'm Bobby Wagner. I'm Alex Baisley. And this is Tipping Pitches. The podcast that doesn't know what to talk about because none of the good players are on baseball teams yet. <laughs> Literally, I cannot believe that baseball has done this to us. This was going to be such a fun offseason Literally, Bryce Harper, the be- one of the best players of his freaking generation, is a free agent. And we're sitting here talking stock tips with Ross Stripling in the middle of February, <laughs> two weeks out from spring training. God help us. I know. I Just kill me now. Um, if you haven't been following baseball because you've been following that NBA trade deadline or the NFL playoffs for some reason, I don't know why you wouldn't be following MLB trade rumors at this time. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado have not signed JT rail Muto has not been traded yet and we have straight up nothing to talk about. So we're going to talk about the fact that we have nothing to talk about. I legitimately have been thinking about this off season. Like I can't stress this enough. I've been thinking about this off season for three years <laughs> because it was going to be Harper Machado. And for a while it was going to be Kershaw too. Yeah. But he just, because he could, he could have opted out of his contract with the Dodgers and, you know, Kershaw is like one of the best pitchers ever, best pitcher of our generation. We assumed that he would just continue to be his usual dominant self. And he was for the most part, but he has had injuries. So he opted in. So that was the first domino to fall in an otherwise in an underwhelming offseason. And now it's just like continued to be the worst possible version of itself. Every time I think, oh, something's getting momentum, like Bryce Harper to the Phillies. Like a week ago, I was hearing rumors on Twitter and from writers and stuff like it's basically a done deal with Bryce Harper and the Phillies. And I'm like, no one else is even really pursuing him, I guess, other than I guess now the Padres have stepped in because the Padres last season and this season seem to be the only team that's like, well, if none of you are going to sign them, all we have to do is write a check. I mean, we're irrelevant. So if we can sign a couple guys... (laughs) to come play in the nicest city in America, then we might as well do it. I just, it's so frustrating that like baseball is so much of a parody of itself that these owners and these front offices who have been talking about 
cutting back and getting under the luxury tax for this offseason. Like the Yankees are a great example of that. They've been saying they've been selling to fans for years that they were trying to get under the luxury tax so that they they wouldn't spend it all last year on JD Martinez and you Darvish and these guys who were kind of like B-list starters. And they could save it for and this is the idea that they've been pitching to their fans for, I don't know, four or five years, like looking that far ahead to when Harper and Machado were going to get off their rookie contracts or their, you know, team control or whatever. And now it's like the polar opposite franchise of the New York Yankees, the San Diego Padres, who nobody even thinks about. They're an afterthought. They finish in last in the NL West almost every year, are now in the mix for Harper and Machado and to trade for Real Muto. It's like baseball could not be any more on brand than it is being. Yeah. Like, could there be a, a bigger indictment on the state of your sport than like two of these generational super superstars in their prime being free agents? And there are like three teams who are like, yeah, we'll maybe get them. We'll try. And two of like those you, teams are small market or, or yeah. smaller market. Like the White Sox are like the little brother in their market. And the Padres are in San Diego, which is not a huge sports market. The, if you go to MLB.com, it has like a latest free agent news sidebar. And the first thing's about Bryce Harper. And it's like, okay, maybe we'll get some Bryce Harper news. And it's like, Harper reportedly met with a number of teams this week, but this contender was not one of them. Like, this is what passes for news now is we're like, well, this team also doesn't want Bryce Harper. The fucking the Chicago Cubs didn't meet with Bryce Harper. And that's that's what we've reduced ourselves to this week or to, uh, to this offseason is these little morsels. Oh my God, the Bryce Harper like free agent rumors page is so long and nothing has happened. It's insane. There's like 2,000 words here about stuff that may have or may not have happened. And it boils down to like, yeah, like you were saying, the Padres being like, I guess if none of y'all want him, we'll try to get him. <laughs> Gonna sift through the bargain bin and find a fucking Swarovski crystal in here. Not to put my baseball should be basketball hat on again, but I'm going to do that because that's my brand. Think about last season with LeBron signing with the Lakers on the first day of free agency. Or even if you want to go further back to when LeBron was in his prime and signed with the Heat. It was a huge thing. He took meetings with the Knicks and he took meetings with the Lakers and he took meetings with Miami and the team that he used to be with. All these huge markets were in. They were trying to get their star. They were trying to get this thing. And it's like, it just goes back to the fact that the NBA values their players as investments, like, and MLB is willing to throw those investments aside because they know that a Bryce Harper can't help a team as much as a LeBron James can help a team. But like, that's still bullshit because what are we doing here? You're making billions of dollars to field a team that's like quasi competitive every year playing a child's game and you're charging fans insane amounts of money to see it. Like the least you could do is actually field a team that's fun yet. Seemingly nobody wants to do that. It's like Joe Posnanski said on this tweet, how many teams in baseball are trying legitimately all out trying to win the world series in 2019. And it was a poll and the options were all 30, 20 through 29, 10 through 19 or fewer than 10. And 66% of people who responded said fewer than 10. And I wish there was an option that was like fewer than five, fewer than three, fewer than one. Because 
nobody has even made it an, a good faith offer or there isn't enough buzz around Harper and Machado to have one of them have gotten an offer to sign yet. So that tells me that nobody truly is doing everything they can do because I don't care what you say. The Astros could sign Harper. Literally every single team in baseball could sign Harper. If that's the bar, if that's the barometer for all out trying to win the World Series this year, then that means nobody is doing it because nobody has signed him yet. <laughs> the A's, as we have talked about, just announced uh, that they are going to build a new ballpark and it's going to cost upwards of half a billion dollars. They also announced that they're um, going to build a gondola to transport fans to and from the ballpark. And that alone is going to cost at least $150 million. And it's like, where the hell is all this money coming from? All of a sudden, you have money to build a new ballpark, but not actually sign good players? It's like, like you haven't done anything this offseason to make your team better, but you're like, but $150 million on a gondola, yes, (laughs) I think so. (laughs) It's almost like the owners are sitting in a room and they're like, what is the slickest shit we can pull before people actually realize we're not, we're just pocketing all this money? <laughs> for real. Literally, Henry Mejia, the baseball player who was banned for the game from for life, got signed before Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Like, give me a frickin' break. Yeah, that's like the, the Peter Moylan tweet that I retweeted from the Tipping Pitches account. <laughs> He's... He retweeted MLB trade rumors and said, how's my offseason going? This guy had a lifetime ban and still signed before me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's like funny. That's like a unique instance. But, you know, the reason that they're signing them is because they're cheap. Like, the people who are cheap got signed. I joked with you before we got on the pod. I was like, all right, so we're going to do an hour about Wade Miley today. (laughs) And it's like, uh, clearly not, because nobody is interested in that besides like, deep cut baseball writers and fans of the Astros, I guess. But like, that's the point that we're at. Wade Miley is the most recent piece of news. And he's the only signing for the Astros who ostensibly were trying to start a dynasty in order to start a dynasty, in order to be these elite teams. If you want to be, if you want to have the reputation that the, like the nineties Yankees had and like that kind of stuff, like you actually have to spend I feel like so many front offices are too smart for their own good. Like they won't spend because they don't want that Albert Pujols contract. They don't want that Robinson Cano contract. LOL. They don't want, I don't know, name any number of contracts that have gone on too long. Jacoby Ellsbury, these guys, it's like, they're so worried about like hitting a home run of a contract that they almost don't care it's almost like they're finally telling on themselves about how they don't care about winning a World Series. Like, truly, I don't think that many front offices care about winning a World Series. I think they care more about being thought of as smart and frugal and doing more with less. Yeah. Uh, That's a really tough look, man. It's a really tough look as a fan. Yeah. Anyway, teams should sign Bryce Harper and Manny Machado and Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel, like all all good players. I want them on my team, but you know, if they don't, if the A's don't sign any of them, it's fine because I'm a masochist and I'll just crawl back to them because sports teams have fans in a headlock and you don't really have a choice. 
You know what I also just thought of before we get off this topic? I absolutely slammed the Red Sox when they signed David Price for however much, 200-something million. And I was like, wow, he is like not really as good as everyone said he is, and he's not going to be great in a few years, and he's had a lot of injuries, and he's never done well in the postseason. I killed that contract. And guess what? He won the more World Series. <laughs> so guess who was wrong? Me. Yeah. Just, just what's the worst that could happen? It's just money. And guess what? As a fan, it's not your money. Yeah. Yeah. Really like we've, we've like beaten this dead horse a lot already. That's how the phrase goes. Um, but, <laughs> but like fans have to stop fucking caping for owners at this point. Like, because that's half the battle right there. Like a fans turn to ownership and be like, sign Bryce Harper instead of, doing the owner's dirty work for them. Like you have entire fan bases on Twitter who are like, uh, we, Manny Machado doesn't deserve $300 million. Like, did you see how he kind of jogged during the play, the world series that one time? Like, so clearly he's not good anymore. And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, just like, just shut the fuck up for once. Honestly, I wish baseball <laughs> fans would just shut up. It makes me so frustrated. Like just, <laughs> ah, incredible uh, rant. <laughs> Everyone could use that advice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Solid work on your part. All right. The Sports Talk Radio rant is over. We're going to take a quick break. Alex, yesterday... At 5.41 p.m., Washington Post posted an article titled Told of Girls Assault at Spring Training Hotel, Gabe Kapler, Dodgers Didn't Alert Police. Um, And it gives pretty graphic retelling of what happened in 2015 when Gabe Kapler was the director of player development for the Dodgers. There were some minor leaguers who were having a party and a 17-year-old girl was there and she got assaulted and beat up pretty bad. And then she reached out to Gabe Kapler to try to do something about it because and I guess she didn't know what other avenue to take. And he kind of participated in like a cover-up of it. He tr- he didn't report it to the police. He tried to organize a meeting of everyone t- and reach out to the the girl's family and smooth it over. It's a very strange story. It's all very nuanced and strange and I encourage you to go read the article before listening to the rest of our conversation about this, but this came out recently and Gabe Kapler's statement was that he feels he went through the proper channels of reporting within the Dodgers organization, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately the criticism of him here is that he didn't go to the police. He didn't really do anything about it. And it just kind of wild away until now, which is almost four years later. Um, I've been thinking a lot in light of, you know, a lot of the things we talk about, a lot of the terrible things that baseball players, managers, coaches, et cetera, do. And even if you want to make the scope a little wider and talk about public figures, politicians, et cetera, you know, Ralph Northam, if you want to be timely. Uh, and I've just been thinking about how truly replaceable some of these people in power are and should be, but don't in practice actually turn out to be. Gabe Kapler should probably just lose his job for this, right? He swept it under the rug. Like, this girl was clearly taken advantage of by older people 
And he was responsible for those older people and for reporting it and doing the right thing, et cetera, et cetera. And he didn't fulfill his job as the leader in, uh, as a person in a position of power at the Dodgers organization, which is a multi-billion dollar franchise. And it's not like we can't find another Gabe Kapler. It's not like we can't find another stats driven manager who's like kind of edgy and whatnot. I just feel like there's so much entrenched momentum in a person who already has a job in a position of power at an organization in sports specifically, but everywhere really that oftentimes it just becomes so much of a headache and so hard to think about getting them out of their position, getting Gabe Kapler out of being a manager that we don't even consider it. But honestly, we should probably just fire Gabe Kapler, right? Absolutely. And not even just Kapler, but like it was clear that he probably didn't act alone in this, right? Like he was the head of the player development team or whatever, but I am sure that there were other people above him even who knew about this, right? Like I, it's hard for me to imagine that he acted alone. So whether that's Andrew Friedman or whoever it is, like these people should absolutely lose their jobs. I mean, Kapler, it's, it's really gross how he acted. I mean, he said that yeah, he he wanted to arrange a sit down, right? The sit down dinner to hash it out because he said we believe we can teach valuable lessons to all involved through this method of follow up. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you know that this assault happened, and you want to do like a sit down dinner to like hash out your agreements. Apparently, like he maybe tried to pay the girl off. It's unclear, but that's what like her grandmother said. Um, and then their whole defense of it was like oh, well, we didn't know that there was like a sex crime that happened. And it's like, wait, so you knew she got beat up and was a minor drinking alcohol. And you were like, that's cool. But we didn't know about the sex crime, which is why we didn't report it. Like your ethics are all over the place right here. And you would think that Major League Baseball would be concerned about the optics on this shit, but like apparently not. And, you know, I'll I'll remind our listeners that this isn't even a, the first time that something like this has happened, right? Like we talked about, um, I think it was last year when the the Daily Beast story came out about the Dodgers and how they had covered up the a player sexually assaulting um, a like a housekeeper, um, this this mm-hmm. Latin American player, right? And same year, 2015, and they didn't inform MLB about it. The player was reinstated, or the, or the Dodgers, the Dodgers like cut ties, and then another team picked him right back up. And so it's like, if this was a one-time thing, it's still inexcusable. But the fact that there's a trend of this shows that like the Dodgers just need a fucking clean house, man. And I am certain it's not just the Dodgers who would do this. They just happen to be the ones who got caught doing this. Um, But And that's to say nothing of all of the stuff of their illegal practices in South America that we talked about with Cheryl Ring. Yeah. Yeah, I am I'm confident that most major league teams would probably act the same way, but at least like make an example out of them and be like yeah. we're not going to let this shit stand. Like you punished, you banished the um the Braves GM from baseball for life because he was doing some shady like deals to yeah, like, like money packaging. More, yeah, some money packaging whatever because he wanted more baseball players on his team. And you banned him for life for that. But this stuff, it's like, all right, we're gonna, we're just gonna let this shit slide. No, absolutely not. That's, it's unacceptable. Uh, I should add that the players themselves were not accused of 
beating the 17 year old girl up. The players were there partying with two other women and the two other women apparently got into a fight with the 17 year old girl and the players videotaped it. You know, morally speaking, nothing is good here, but I guess I should add that layer before we continue having this conversation. I imagine that Gabe Kapler probably felt at some level like, Oh, at least my players didn't do it. They just, tried, they just videotaped it and they were being stupid. And I'm, it's like, what the fuck are we doing here, dude? At some point, we need to like question why anytime anything bad happens in MLB, teams just cover it up and they don't have any fear about getting punished for it. Because there's no like leadership structure in baseball that actually monitors these things. It's like the teams are so powerful and so large and they have such they have so much money that they can litigate themselves out of anything any accusation anywhere and it's like you you wonder why victims don't come forward well it's like shit like this because the people that they come forward to either try to cover it up or try to pay them off or in cases like if you want to go further back and you want to switch sports real quick in cases like Peyton Manning where he is accused of sexually harassing a trainer at Tennessee and it follows him for 10 years after that. But him and his family are so rich and so wealthy, powerful, and they have so many lawyers that they can just litigate themselves out of it for over a decade and they can do the PR that they need to do to make sure that he's still in Papa John's commercials. You know, there's such an imbalance here and fans are not really doing their part in trying to hear out victims and trying to call their organizations out for doing bad shit. And the organizations themselves see that and it just reinforces them trying to sweep shit under the rug. Yeah. I still, I cannot wrap my head around the fact that he tried to set up a dinner with them after the fact. Like, are you, are you, are you batshit insane? So like you knew that there was that, the players gave this underage girl alcohol and that they were there as this like ugly assault unfolded, whether they were the actual perpetrators of that or not, like they were still complicit in it happening by putting it on Snapchat. And you thought you could just like talk this out. Yeah. Like I, like you said, before we got on the podcast, it's not like they got into a fight on like the playground and you have to just like say, I'm sorry to each other. We're not learning life lessons here. Like this is an assault. Yeah, but apparently that's what Gabe Kapler thought. That's his exact words, right? Is like, we can teach each other some valuable lessons. And it's like, you... Mm, God, I even forgot mm. he said that. Wow, that's too on the nose. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, all right, yeah. Fire Gabe Kapler. That's the way that we should end this conversation. Yeah. Fire Andrew Friedman. Just fire everyone and clean house on all organizations and start from scratch. Actually, though, like... Baseball was a bad idea. Hit the reset button. That would be a more effective method. I wish we could bad place this thing. If we do end up hitting the reset button on baseball, I hope somehow, some way, the weirdly circuitous path that Tim Tebow took to baseball is one that he can follow in the second iteration because he has given us so much joy and so much content. And it doesn't cease this week because Michael Mayer 
of Metsmerized Online. Shout out to Metsmerized. Um, he tweeted out that Zips has released their 2019 projections um, for Tim Tebow at the major league level. Are you ready to hear what Zips thinks that Tim Tebow would do if he came up to the major league level this year? Tell me. Slash line 174, 231, 279 with a negative 3.1 F4. <laughs> wow. That's so. It's a lot of gibberish for people if they're not stat heads, but that essentially means he would be the worst hitter in baseball <laughs> and um, he would be worth three wins less than an average replacement minor league player. <laughs> <laughs> so he's three wins worse than the other minor league players he's playing with. And honestly, that's not that bad. Yeah, frankly, I'm going to take the over on that. I think that I think he can scratch 200. Like, I think Tim Tebow can get a hit every five plate appearances. Like, that's now, five yeah, now we're doing just basic division. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that makes sense. What did he get hit last year? He hit like 260, right? Yeah. All right. I, I believe it. I think he's going to stick around like until he breaches the majors, honestly. It feels like this is he, we're going on what year three of him playing Major League Baseball. Like, yeah. this isn't some fucking PR run anymore. Like, he's, no. he's all in. He's definitely going to write a book about this, and I'm going to read the entire thing on the podcast. I'm going to release an audio form of the book. Um, player development in baseball is not just on a straight line, Alex. It happens on a curve. And our man Tim just happens to be at the bottom of that curve, and he's going to exponentially take off. you got to believe me on this one. He's only had three years. He was out of baseball for 12. He can do this. I have faith. <laughs> uh Side note, did you know that Tim Tebow made a movie? Wait, what? (laughs) Comes out February 22nd. It's called Run the Race, and it's about two desperate brothers who sacrifice today for a better tomorrow. Um, Is it like a scripted movie or a doc or what? No, it's like a real like scripted full-length movie. Yeah. Is Uh, he in it? No, he's not in it. He and his brother were executive producers on it. Let's see. IMDb says, against the the backdrop of high school football and track, two brothers in a small southern town face escalating problems with two different worldviews, straining but ultimately strengthening the bonds of brotherhood. So you know we have to see this movie and talk about it on the podcast. Absolutely, we're reviewing this movie. Oh my God. Wow. What, What is it called again? Run the Race. Run the Race. That's as good a point as any to kill this pod. We kept it short for y'all because there honestly, like we said, hasn't been a ton to talk about. And because quite frankly, I have so much shit to do this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we hadn't, we hadn't talked in so long, man. And I was forgetting what it felt like to do an episode of tipping pitches. So we had to get back into it. I know we're, we're sorry to our listeners that we've just, we've really fallen off the wagon over the last few weeks. There's, Tell, yell at, I don't know, the Phillies to sign Bryce Harper or the White Sox to sign Bryce Harper or something. Just give us, give us something. Give us anything, please. Please send us listener emails, honestly. Like, it's going to be the only thing that will keep us going. All right. This was fun, if short, and it's good to be back. Yeah. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. We will see you next week. Bye.